Welcome to Ideas with Purpose, a podcast about companies and their leaders who are approaching their industries and the world differently. I'm Robert Dowling, founder and CEO of Hudson Cutler, and today I'm talking to Steve Roucher, CEO of Rapid Deploy, a man on a mission to use cloud-aided technology to reduce response times and improve first responder safety. Now that's a tall order, but I love how Steve and Rapid Deploy have tackled the problem and the progress they're making in collaboration with municipalities, emergency services, as well as dispatchers and first responders to make a real difference. I spoke with Steve via Zoom from Rapid Deploy's headquarters in Austin, Texas. He shared his insights about what it takes to bring new ideas to what are literally life and death challenges. Enjoy the conversation. So Steve, thank you so much for taking time to uh, speak with us today. Thank you, Rob, for having me. It's a uh great to meet new and interesting people and look at the world in a slightly different way. So can, can we start by talking a little bit about what motivated you to start Rapid Deploy? Yeah, um, I, um, I can't claim to have been uh, the uh, OG when it comes to Rapid Deploy. I, um, I came across Rapid Deploy by virtue of meeting its original founder, Brett Merowitz, and uh, Brett and I we're both living in Cape Town, South Africa at the time. This was back in 2016. And the reason that uh, Brett and I had so much to talk about is when I uh, originally, uh, when I'd met Brett for the first time, we spoke mostly about both of us being volunteer first responders. And we must spoken for a couple of hours just talking about uh, um, how uh, this life of service that I'd only discovered later in life was so appealing to the both of us. And my background had been investment banking and Brett's background had been building online casinos and uh, online banks. And uh, he had become a volunteer paramedic and I had become a volunteer uh, sea rescue responder. And uh, during the course of this quite long conversation where we were just getting to know each other, he th- made this throwaway comment where he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I've built a system. I'm trying to improve response times by using my skill set and building a platform in the cloud. And I think, uh, you know, I tunnel vision at that point and honed in on, on, on that uh, and, and encouraged him to come over to my house uh, the following Monday and give me a demonstration of this uh, pet project he'd been working on. And that was Rapid Deploy. Sounds good. I mean, there must have been something there that really spoke to you in terms of um, – a new and novel approach or a uh, unique problem um, that uh, that needed to be solved or an un- unmet need. What what did you? What was the spark that really got you going? Um, there's a, c- a couple of things uh, pulled me into this. I mean, firstly, I I become a first responder because I'd, I'd lost my brother in 2006, and he had um, he had um, drowned at sea uh, swimming offshore. And uh, I know even the coordination of that rescue attempt um, you know, took many, many minutes. And when I heard Brett speaking about the ability to improve these efficiencies, of course, I mean, the first thing that I would have thought about was, you know, the what if scenario. And having seen the solution, but not being an expert in the field of dispatch, certainly at that time, um, I, um, I didn't even know the scale of the problem the system was solving. Um, I knew that obviously it was creating operational efficiencies. Um, both Brett and I would assumed those were just uh, an African problem and surely this problem would have been solved overseas many, many years ago. And 
you know, we were just some small fry guys in Cape Town uh, pouring over this platform that he was showing me. Um, and then he said something which like, changed everything. I'd asked him a question of um, you know, how many incidents had he processed by this stage. And he'd been building the platform since 2013. And this was sort of late, uh, late summer, well, U US summer, so late August um, 2016. And, um, and he said he had processed 15,000 incidents on the platform. So just doing sort of back of the envelope mm. math, I was like, well, if 1% of 1% was life or death and you improved that response yeah. time, your hobby has saved 150 lives. You know, And that was just, uh, I mean, I, I sat there like I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that this, this incredibly humble guy uh, with literally this, the system he'd built single-handedly in his evenings and weekends when he wasn't on the road as an, as an ambulance paramedic or doing his day job where he was a CTO of an online uh, bank. And I was just thought, you know, this, like, in terms of like, one's life's work, what an incredible thing that he's done. And that was even back then, right? And I'd come yeah. from a 20-year career in investment banking. I'd lost my brother. I'd, you know, I'd found purpose only later in life, uh, you know, when I sort of um, – uh, working as a volunteer sea rescue responder, really felt that it was the first time I was contributing back to society, genuinely. And it was the first time I remember that I could hold my head up high and look my kids in the eye and feel like I was actually being useful. And um, and I just thought, wow, like if we really did something with this, we could really change the way. At the time, we were just thinking, wow, imagine the difference we can make in Africa. Right? I mean, the world certainly wasn't on our horizon and certainly America was, if, if the world was, America definitely wasn't, right? We just had, again, assumed that this is a problem that had been solved long, long ago. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, even even solve, um, saving a single Correct. life is, uh, is quite an amazing accomplishment. But, um, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, I mean, innovation comes from lots of different places, uh, and yet it seems that um, particularly in the public sector and particularly when it comes to um, services like police, fire, uh, ambulance, healthcare, that innovation is much slower to both be developed and implemented. And, and that's a huge problem. Uh, what, what do you, what's your point of view on why that is? Well, you know, as with any problem, when you're trying to do systemic change, I mean, change management is is a very large problem. But also, you have to look at the motivation of the incumbents uh, to improve or or change uh, their existing product set. And then you've got this. Yeah, you know, in, in America, for example, you have, a, and I can speak the American market with some authority because that's where I live now, and that's where the main focus of our business is. But if you look at the market dynamic here, um, you have customers who don't like change, right? And then you have vendors who are not motivated to do R&D and create new and modern platforms because the typical customer contract in state and local government, which is where you know the, the bulk of uh, first response and 911 sits, is a typically a, lands up being a 15-year contract life cycle. So if you're a vendor and you know your customers are sticky for 15 years, you're not exactly motivated to go and add new features and improve the product from, you know, from mm. its, its current format. And that was the real shock, right? When I arrived in America in 
uh, in June 2017 for our first trade show um, under the you know uh, wearing the rapid deploy flag. I went to a conference and I could not believe the state of technology that was on display. I mean, I was a developer at uh, at UBS, the investment bank in in New York in the mid '90s, and the, the systems looked pretty much like the systems we'd worked on in the, in the mid '90s. And it was like, how can you be using twenty year old tech if your mission is to save lives? Right? I mean, it's just it was staggering. For me and, and obviously I saw a huge market opportunity, don't get me wrong, but I also was floored by the fact that we could have the most technically sophisticated solution in America, being this, you know, at the time a very small startup from Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, that is a, a really uh, interesting and important point. Many of uh, the our our clients and and companies that we talk to in uh, even putting this podcast together are um, are discovering that uh, innovation uh, doesn't just happen or, 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 or come from thinking differently. It comes from realizing that uh, we're not necessarily as sophisticated, advanced, or solving problems as uh, um, uh, cogently as we need to. That, and, and that's the first level of problem. The next one is how do you get people to not just see what you bring to the table, but how do you bring them along with you to solve that problem? Yeah, the rallying cry is, uh, well, I mean, there's two things there, right? You talk about necessity, being the mother of invention, which is obviously it's, uh, it's a cliche for a reason. And, uh, and second is how do you, I mean, that is the harder part of those two, right? The necessity took care of itself. Uh, we We were all very fortunate to have, Brett uh, actually out in the field realizing there's a problem and then having the necessary uh, skill set to begin investigating and building what the solution could be. And then you have the challenge of how do you how does one as a founder create a business and then create a center of gravity and mission and align all these incredibly smart people that we manage to recruit and bring them into this business and put them on this crazy ride. So that is, uh, uh, you know, that is something that um, I know that investors have been uh, very impressed with. I mean, along with technology, whatever, but it's something they seek out. And I never realized what an important component that was until you've lived it, right? Until one has gone and tried mm. to build that momentum and and encourage people from leaving a cushy blue chip organization. And moving somewhere where you don't, you literally don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, other than it's going to be exciting, yeah, that, uh, and we're on this, you know, this journey together. And uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that's right. And I tell you, what really works to our advantage with our particular business, and I'm sure this is not the same for all, but I think each business can certainly have a mission and a north star. But um, given the fact that our mission is public safety focused. And it is you know, to reduce response times for all and improve public safety. That's our mission statement. Uh, I think that speaks to a lot of people. I think it speaks to a lot of people who, like me, had spent 20 years in working in a blue chip organization and were wondering what their purpose was in life. Because ultimately, the only thing I made in my career up until the point I, you know, I, I got involved with Rapid Deploy, the only thing I made was money. I'd, I was a, I was a negative contributor to society. I would, I would, um, I would argue, 
and uh, and this is the same for whether one is a a developer, a project manager. Uh, you can pick the function. The the sense of purpose and mission that a company like ours has certainly helped me recruit the best of the best is because you know my sales pitch varies very little because all I say is, you know, you could be doing this and contributing towards a total change in outcomes for the citizenry who are they're having the worst day of their life, right? And uh, and that kind of rallying cry is great when I'm talking to managers and execs. When we're talking to software engineers, uh, it's even stronger because typically the great software engineers are either working in a bank or a, you know, in fintech in, or, or online gaming, or perhaps they're just working on the next consumer flugelbinder, right? <laughs> and they and I say they say that message is uh, you could be building, you know, something that can save lives. Like use your tech um, for for the to be the best person you can. And uh, in fact, we've ran banner campaigns uh, on tech uh, um, websites and uh, forums. You know, talking about the difference between fintech and tech for good, and trying to build something with a mission, and uh, and that the mission has certainly been my uh, my secret co-pilot in all of this. That it's uh, uh, helped us uh, recruit. It's it's a powerful mission, and you have done a great job of staying singularly focused on that. Um, you've also managed to achieve some great success early on. The state of California is a, is a good example of that. What, uh, what was the moment when you were talking to a prospect, a municipality, an organization where you realized not just that you were onto something, but that uh, people were going to respond and respond positively? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, this is, a, I love to hear the story. So I'll try to be brief. I don't want to consume the whole podcast with this, but it, it really speaks to this. So the first time I came, as I mentioned, uh, when I came to America with Rapid Deploy was June 2017. It was for a trade show. And at that trade show, it was a national 901 trade show. And at that trade show, some of the biggest names in technology in the sector um, had come up to my little picnic table of a booth and told me to go back to Africa because no one does 901 in the cloud. Right, I was like, "This is crazy." So uh, this first moment, we're like, "I understand market dynamics," and I also think it's pretty curious when a, a, a multi-billion-dollar company has sends its salespeople over, or salespeople come on their own volition, and and they tell you you should get out of their market, right? Because the next thing, obviously, did was I walked over to their booth, put my phone on FaceTime, and showed Brett the technology they were selling, and we realized it was game on. And we had a software distribution. That was like the first spark, which is like, I think we actually have the best tech out there. And then, that's yeah, great. But then the next, that's great. There's there's yeah. nothing like a little welcome to yeah. uh, this market, welcome to America, yeah. to get you highly motivated to to bring it. So, well, totally. And then the day that trade show finishes, and I, you know, I was obviously excited because I, I thought there was opportunity, and equally, I know that I have to solve for distribution. Because, you know, woe to the person that thinks that America is a small place, right? So um, that's another story. But I, um, I reached out um, to a friend of mine and they had, um, had heard 
that the state of Texas 9-1 agency wanted to meet with me. And that was literally the day after that trade show in San Antonio. This was in San Antonio, the trade show. And the government agency that wanted to meet was in Austin, Texas. So I drive in the car uh, an hour down the road or an hour and a half uh, um, up the road, as it were. And I, I have a meeting with this agency. And during the course of the demonstration of our technology to the to the, you know, the senior 901 program manager for the state of Texas, uh, one of the attendees in the demonstration actually starts crying in my demo. And she's crying because she used to be a dispatcher. And the problems that we have solved with our solution, she was just like thinking, like trying to do the count and like how many lives this would have saved in her career. And I mean, you can imagine how wow. emotional that is, you know, for me as the founder of like this crazy evangelist champion of this product. And, I, you know, look what we can do. And then I meet an industry, a seasoned industry professional at my first meeting. It was my first customer meeting yeah. in America and had this re visceral reaction to the platform. And it was actually, it was a very humbling moment because, yeah. you know, you think about, the, the, the magnitude of the problem that we're trying to solve and how real this actually is. I mean, that's another part of the journey altogether is just, you know, how um, our, our nine-on-one community has really, like, is completely, uh, let's say, um, taken for granted for the amount of uh, suffering that they see every day. And you can imagine listening for eight hours on end to the people's worst day of their lives as they're calling nine and one. And then you can imagine the frustration that they might have then because they can't find the victim. Imagine listening to that phone call while you know you have response crew out in the district and they're trying to find uh, you while you're you know, taking your last gasps for breath or delivering your baby or whatever that scenario might be. So it's, it's an um, amazingly powerful story. Uh, my, my hair is standing up to actually hear the, the, that visceral emotional human response in what is your first new business meeting. What, what, what a, a, a powerful uh, confirmation that you're onto something and onto something really important. But I love the fact that uh, you found it also humbling. Um, the, the, combination of technology, of uh, the organizational missions and mandates, and the human perspective of people who have to deal with this day in and day out, they're, they're, they're true heroes, is, uh, is, is enough to not only um, uh, reconfirm that you're doing something important, but uh, that people will positively respond. Now, a lot of the conversations that we have with uh, clients, it not just focuses on the um, why it's important to challenge the status quo and to always push ourselves forward, but also to address the dangers in doing so. What's your what's your uh, point of view on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that is very very real. Again, with this particular vertical that our software serves, right? Um, this is not something that we can go in and be frivolous with uh, 
you know, with the technology stack uh, because lives actually depend on these solutions, right? And um, if I actually take that a step back, I, I'm, I'm often asked by people like, uh, why did you take on such a hard problem? And my response is totally genuine, which is if I'd known how hard this was, I would have done something else, right? Because uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't know or one doesn't know um, all the challenges. I mean, uh, they say that that's just for founders who are founding their first business. But if you take that and say, okay, we're not only going to found our first business, but we're going to do it and make this technology which has a life or death outcome. And then we're not only going to do that, well, we're going to put it in the cloud. <laughs> so um, you can imagine. No pressure. No, no, no pressure, pressure right? And there's this constant balance that we have to find. Um, we have customers that are very excited when they see our solution. We have engineers and salesmen who are equally excited by the possibility of actually seeing their systems out in the field. And there's this constant pressure to moderate uh, our customers' expectations and our own will to actually make sure that the system we deliver can actually withstand the pressure and uh, and the environment, because we have actually um, accidentally um, taken on a much larger responsibility. I believe as the pioneers in what uh, in doing what we do, uh, that if we get this wrong that we not only fail our customer and potentially um, some 911 callers and uh, victims or uh, patients, we actually might fail the entire industry. Because can you imagine the story of this you know, large organization? That, I mean, we're reasonably large now, but I mean, this co company that comes along, promises the earth, and then the, their system doesn't work. Because what that really means is we might actually set the entire industry back several years. Because the responsibility on us now is not just for our, our software to work for our citizens and for our customers, but the software has to work for the benefit of the industry. Because for the last two and a half, three years, I've been out there just evangelizing the cloud, convincing my customers and, and potential customers that this is a safe place for us to operate these types of workflows. So having done that, for if we lose the trust of our customer and we lose the trust of the industry, it is not just us that will suffer. It will be cloud-based solutions in public safety for a, for a long time to come. And that is an enormous responsibility that we carry as well because we've seen how incredibly we can uh, change the outcome um, of a situation with all the technology and the myriad signals that we can tie in and all these wonderful things you can do with cloud-based tech. So for, it yeah. is it is literally life and death in terms of what you're enabling day in and day out. And then that higher mandate of bringing everyone along and showing what is possible uh, is equally, equally important. Hmm. I was just going to say just on, on that one, you know, as I'm um, thinking about the California question and that statement and just trying to tie them together. <laughs> um, I was at another trade show in DC in, in 2018. And at that trade show, I just finished a demonstration of our technology, a bunch, you know, a huge industry panel. 
And one of the industry experts walks up to me and comes over to like a little stand to come to, you know, people could come talk to me about it and spends 10 minutes accusing me of just having spoofed the system and what I did wasn't possible and how can this be possible and all this kind of thing. And, and I'm literally standing there defending, no, you can do this in the cloud because I think I dispatched a vehicle in Cape Town from a podium in DC, right? And this guy was like, ah, oh, that's impossible. And, and <laughs> while I'm defending the technology, in the wings, I see the head of, of 901 for the state of California trying to you know, get a minute with me. And that was the first time I met the state of California. So you can see like the evangelizing, the beating you get, uh, so, but you also get the fruit. Uh, and that's kind of, that was you know, within a split second between one and the other. One and the other. Uh, absolutely. That, that is, that's great. That really is a great story. Uh, Steve, we're, we're, we are, um, uh, coming, coming up on time, but I, I would love to know, uh, from your perspective, we're living in such challenging times in, from, from your point of view, what does the world need now more than anything else? Um, it needs love. I think, uh, the lack of empathy that we see uh, right now out uh, in society, um, out, the, the leadership has totally failed. Uh, if you look um, at our TV screens, uh, if you look in our streets, um, I think with empathy and compassion and the reconnection, I mean, these are all things that, uh, I mean, at one hand, the original blame of all of that could have, you know, people were arguing that computers were alienating us from society, and then society became computerized, and then we sort of live on social networks. And then um, biology took over, created a pandemic, and now we're all caged in, staring at social media and watching the world uh, revolt against certain circumstances. And um, I think it's an incredibly trying time to try find uh, the, the human in, in humanity, you know. Um, I, I, I was asked by my team yesterday about what our position is on everything that's unfolding in America in the last few weeks. I sent out a, a letter to the team explaining my position. And in that, you know, I said that um, we can march we can wear our masks and social distance, but like, if we forget how to love, uh, this is the biggest problem, right? And and you know, tying that back to my personal mission with uh, the industry that I work in um, is uh, something you touched on, like the compassion that uh, um, our public safety first responders, and I include nine on one call takers and dispatchers in that statement. That they are, I mean, they've been hit with all kinds of things from the pandemic to the current um, situation uh, with riots. Um, and I think we take them hugely for granted by and large. And they all get tarred with the same brush uh, because they wear a badge suddenly. Uh, there's one or you know, there's maybe a few bad apples. But by and large, these are people who have dedicated their life to service, shown humility and compassion just by putting on a uniform and putting themselves at risk every day. And I think we forget that. Um, so I hope that's an answer to your question, but ultimately I think uh, what we're missing is humanity right now. Very well said. Uh, Stephen Roucher, 
founder, CEO of Rapid Deploy. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your perspective. And thank you for the important work that you and Rapid Deploy and your team are doing every day. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Robert. I want to thank Steve once again for his time and insights into what are literally life-saving ideas. You can learn more about Rapid Deploy at rapiddeploy.com. And you can learn more about Hudson Cutler and listen to all of our Ideas with Purpose podcasts at hudsoncutler.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time.